Hello, Brooklyn. Welcome to Navy Yard Neighbor Brooklyn. My name is Julia Weeks. I am one of your co-hosts. Um, the other co-host, Isra Pananon, is right behind me off screen. You can't see her, but she's uh, working behind the scenes today doing some production work. So please let us know where you're watching from. Uh, you might notice that our setup is a little bit different today. We're actually broadcasting from Maryland instead of our kitchen table in Brooklyn. So we are visiting family. Um, and happy to be out of the city. Um, we have a great show for you today. We have the executive director of Heights and Hills, Judy Willig, on with us. Heights and Hills is a nonprofit in Brooklyn Heights that supports Brooklyn's elderly community. So we are thrilled to have her on. We're going to bring her on right now. Hi, Judy. How are you? Hi. I'm good. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. You're not coming in very clearly. Can you hear me? No. Is that any better? Is the audio any better there? The audio is not. You're, oh, you know what? You're Let me. Choppy. Technical difficulties here. <laughs> oh, interesting. I'm hearing some music. Do you hear that? No. Oh, oh, I think it's blues problem. Hold on one second. I'm hearing, I'm hearing music on my screen. That's terrible. Sorry. Now I hear music. There we go. Okay, let's try it again. That was Taylor Swift, so we um we, <laughs> we can't complain. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, so please introduce yourself to people and um tell us, tell us who you are and what you do. So my name is Judy Willig, and for the past mm, 33 and a half years, I've been the executive director of Heights and Hills. Um, Heights and Hills was once a very small grassroots organization that was founded by um, community members in Brooklyn Heights because, and this is 49 years ago, there were loads of older people who were living um, in what were then seven SROs, single room occupancy hotels, and they were extremely isolated and suffering from all kinds of social problems. And so a group of neighbors and clergy came together and formed the organization initially as, an or as a volunteer organization, a grassroots effort um, for volunteers to look in on older neighbors and assist them in any kind of ways that they that were necessary. So fast forward to, oh, I guess fast forward to February of 2020, because just before the world changed, um, Heights and Hills has had grown to serve more than the original Brooklyn Heights and Cobble Hill. Um, we now serve anywhere from a third to half of Brooklyn, um, depending on the service. And we have four major services, but before I get to the services, let me start with what our mission is. Our mission is to promote successful aging in Brooklyn. And lots of times people have asked me, well, what is successful aging? What does it take to age successfully? And the truth is, it's not terribly different for someone who's older than someone who's younger. You need to have the basics of life taken care of. 
So you need to have enough money to pay your bills. You need to have enough food to eat. You need to have a safe and comfortable place to live. You need to be able to do any, any of your daily activities like grocery shopping, cooking, um, and the other thing that's really necessary to be successful at any age is to have social connections. So all of our programs over the years are meeting all of those needs in many different ways. I love that so wonderful. So I can tell you uh, and everybody who's watching a little bit about how I found out um, about and Hills. Um, it's still, was, uh, Julia, it's still really hard to hear you. Okay, uh, maybe, you know what, let me try, Um, I have a different pair of headphones, so let me try that. Okay. Let's see if that's any better. Is this any better? A little bit better? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, good. As I lose um, one ear. Um, okay. So I found out about Heights and Hills, um, I would say about a year ago. Um, and this goes to show how much you guys have expanded is that obviously you have a social media presence. You're on Twitter, you're on Facebook, you're on LinkedIn, uh, you're on Instagram. And I'll certainly share the link with people um, here in the chat. Uh, but I saw a tweet and talk, talking about, you know, wanting to get involved and knowing this great organization that helps seniors, um, you know, that you could spend time with seniors and you could visit with seniors. And, you know, I just decided I need to find out more. And so I ended up going to one of your volunteer um, orientation sessions and uh, just loved it. I mean, what a great, great organization. Great. So we started out primarily using volunteers to provide services. And over the years, we, as we expanded, we got more and more staff involved. Um, and to, today we have a staff of 43. And most of those, so those five things that I talked about, housing, food, access to healthcare, getting your activities of daily living. Um, uh, most, of, most of those needs are addressed by a staff of social workers. Mm -hmm. But the social connection, we depend heavily on volunteers. Um, one of the things we feel very strongly about is we stand on the shoulders of the older people who made Brooklyn what it is today. And we feel very strongly that we wanna keep our older neighbors connected and involved to the communities that they helped build. I um, love that. So in addition to our staff, and I'll talk a little bit about the formal programs that our staff provide, our biggest program is called case management. And we have a staff of, I think at last count, 18 social workers who go into people's homes and help them and their families, however family is defined, to figure out what it is they need to stay self, safe and independent in their homes. That's um, incredible. And that's our biggest program. And at any given time, we have about a thousand homebound clients in 19 different neighborhoods in Brooklyn. Wow. Um, how many our, volunteers do you have? Well, our volunteers, hmm, I should have known that that question was going to come up. It's hard for me to answer that because we've had more than 300 new volunteers step up since COVID came around. 
That's um, ordinary. So ordinarily, our main programs are case management, caregiver supports, which um, I don't know if you heard the telephone ringing in the background, <laughs> but um, I am a family caregiver. Most mm -hmm. care for older people in this country is done by family members who are unpaid. And we look after our loved ones because that's what we were taught to do. Um, but the reality is that taking care of an older loved one is complicated and can also be extremely lonely. And um, the telephone ringing was my 96 year old mother mm. who I speak to about four times a day. And this was our evening call. I forgot to tell her that I was gonna be busy. Oh no, so we'll have to send her the YouTube link. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think she's quite that advanced. In <laughs> um, well, but, but, so our caregiver program provides supports to those family members. We run support groups, we do training programs, um, we do outreach, because as I said, taking care of an elderly loved one can be very isolating. Our third program is we took over five years ago a failing senior center in Park Slope, rebranded it, it's the Park Slope Center for Successful Aging. We rebuilt it from the ground up and prior to March 13th, it was a very bustling community center for older adults. And then there's our fourth program, which is our volunteer program, which you know the most about. Mm -hmm. Yes, so I'm very familiar with that. Uh -huh. and, and our staff and our volunteers work really closely to provide a safety net for older neighbors. Oh, it's great. Um, so that, in a nutshell, that's what we normally do. Mm -hmm. And so how, how has that changed since the coronavirus um, has just taken over the world? Well, as everybody knows, the people who are most vulnerable to COVID-19 are older adults. And um, older adults have been ordered to or recommended to shelter within their homes. Um, and we've taken that very seriously. And so our case managers and social workers have been calling and checking on over a thousand people every week. Um, in, the, in the beginning weeks, it was twice a week, making sure mm -hmm. that everyone was okay, making sure that people who needed medical attention got it, um, and recommending that what people needed to do to protect themselves. Uh, what also started to happen is because we are known in the community as a support for older people, our phones started ringing off the hook. Mm -hmm. And as all of our staff began to work remotely, we could not keep up with the volume of, of phone calls, requests from new people for service. Um, to date, we've had over 600 requests. That's really um, incredible. People who are, who are in trouble and need some assistance. Much of it was around food. Mm -hmm. So immediately we focused on, we focused basically on three things initially, and now we're focusing more on the fourth. The three things were, do you have enough food to eat? Um, do you have any symptoms? And do you have enough medications? The fourth is, are you talking to anybody during the mm -hmm. day? Anybody connected to you? It's so Would you lonely. Like to be connected to someone, yes. Um, and 
most most everybody, unless you've been sleeping under a rock, mm -hmm. at this point, everybody knows what COVID is and what the symptoms are. Um, sadly, we have lost a lot of our clients to COVID. Mm, that's awesome. It hits older people the hardest, and our staff have we've lost. We had 15 deaths in oh. in March and 29 in April. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. Um, and it's been heart. and it's been heartbreaking for all of us because these are people that we're connected to. These are friends. These are family. Um, yep. I mean, really, you know, you form relationships with people. Um, visiting with them, talking with them, taking care of them. Um, I want to share um, your website here. If I could just pull that up, um, you have a you have a campaign going on right now. Um, so right now, we so normally our biggest fundraising event is held the end of May, the beginning of June. It was supposed to be this coming Tuesday evening. Obviously, mm -hmm. it's been canceled, um, and we usually raise a significant amount of money through that campaign, through that gala. Um, we were expecting to raise about $150,000 this year and had to cancel it. Instead, our board of directors has um, put out a, a, an offer to match all donations that come in between now and June, um, up to $50,000. So we are trying to raise money to be able to continue our work at the moment um, we have 628 people on a waiting list for services because uh, we just don't have enough staff to meet the need. Although we have mobilized volunteers who are making check-in calls to, to those people. And we have made sure that everybody is getting food. How, I mean, that, how has that been going? Because I know you put a call out for volunteers yep. um, to help deliver, obviously with uh, masks and you know trying yep. to be socially distanced and all of that. That's going so, well? Yes, um, we have been delivering since the beginning. So our center normally serves meals at the center. Mm -hmm. We normally feel serve about 50 meals a day to people who come to the center. Our homebound clients get meals through another organization through Meals on Wheels. Uh, we we organize that and coordinate that and work with them. Um, we have we are 500 people above what we're fund what we are collectively funded for to serve meals, mm -hmm. um, but they were all getting home delivered meals. When the, at the beginning it, there was a lot of chaos, uh, the city made made. Um, has set up all kinds of new programs to get food to people. But needless to say, you know, they did that, I think it was within four days. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people fell through the cracks. So what we did was our center, the first week remained open for what we called grab and go meals. So we worked with a caterer and we continued to get those same 50 meals. Um, it actually went up at one point, I think to about 65. People were coming and mm -hmm. picking up meals. And then, um, the Department for the Aging, who provides us with a lot of our funding, basically said that really goes against CDC's rules, which is that older people should be staying mm. at home. So we turned that into a Meals on Heels program <laughs> where we are using volunteers to deliver meals to people in the Park Slope neighborhood, um, but also 
we serve a much larger area through our case management program. And a lot of those people, Meals on Wheels only provides one meal a day. Oh, wow. And, and many of our people are stranded because family members can't get to them. Or some of them use um, food banks that mm -hmm. aren't open and they can't get out. So we have been delivering, uh, we've been working in partnership with City Meals on Wheels and we have, we're delivering emergency food packages. We deliver them um, to anyone. As our social workers call people and check in on them, we come up with lists of people who need food delivered to them. But we're also, in those packages, we're adding masks, we're adding gloves. Um, there's a volunteer who apparently has a house in Connecticut that she stays at during the week and she comes back to New York every weekend. And there's a Costco that doesn't have crazy lines. Mm -hmm. um, and she brings us cases of toilet paper every week. Uh, and so I mean, that's we, we are, our volunteers are delivering emergency packages. Um, in fact, we are, so there's a whole lot of things that we could use help with. Um, we are oh, looking, yes. uh -huh. please, we are please. looking for volunteers to make wellness calls to check in on people. Um, we've also, two weeks ago, we started what we're calling a shopping squad, which is people, you know, younger, healthier people who are willing to um, go out and go grocery shopping. We work with our, with our staff to get lists of groceries for some of our homebound folks. Um, and we're actually asking our volunteers to lay out the $50 maximum that we're allowing and then send us the receipts and we will issue a check. Um, the people, that, and also, let me be clear, all of this is done using masks and gloves and there's no actual physical contact. So the shopper will go grocery shopping, call the person they're delivering to and drop it at the door and step away when the person picks up the groceries. We do the same with our emergency food and our Meals on Heels. So there's no actual physical contact, um, which of course keeps our clients safe. It's so important. Healthy. I know mm -hmm. um, for Mother's Day, um, you know, and I've been speaking with my, so my senior friend that I visit, her name is Gloria and she lives near me in Clinton Hill. So she's only, you know, she's less than a mile away. It couldn't have been a better match. It was, um, you know, 10 minutes walking and uh, I was telling you on the phone earlier, um, the last time that I had really seen her in person was before the coronavirus hit. And we actually took a trip to City Island. Um, mm. She has limited mobility on her. Um, I, I can't remember. I think it's her left side because she's right handed. Um, she had a stroke. And um, so she takes a accessoride to get around. And, um, mm. you know, it was a nice day. And it was a little bit, I guess it was a little bit after Easter. And she said, let's go to City Island. You know, I want to get some seafood. And so you know, as a friendly visitor, you just have to go and you spend time, you know, you spend time with your friend. And um, it was just wonderful. So Accessoride picked us up. We went out to um, City Island. For those of you who don't know, nice. it's like up beyond the Bronx. Um, and she called her girlfriends who she's met through like physical therapy and um, like NYU Langone and some other programs. So a whole group of gals came up and we just had a ball. Um, and I'm so happy that we were able to do that. Um, before this struck, you know, because now yeah. we're just limited to talking on the phone. Um, and it, it really isn't the same as in-person visiting. But um, what I wanted to say is for Mother's Day, um, we did, um, you know, knocked on the door and then just left it at a door, left her a piece of pie. 
and a, a, oh. a, a card, you know, wishing her a happy Mother's Day because she has a daughter who lives out in California and two granddaughters, and then a mask, you know, just in uh -huh. case she wanted to get out in the hallway and do some walking or whatever. And so she she answered the door, and you know, I made sure that I was down the hall, but at least got to say hello, you know. So I, I tried to send her the link to this um, in case she wanted to tune in. But she really has been just a blessing in my life, you know. I mean, talk about, you know, volunteers um, certainly want to give back to the community. Um, but the the blessings and the friendship that I've received from her um, have just been, you know, I can't I can't even begin to describe it. You know, it's just been such a wonderful experience. Some of our friendly visitors have been visiting the same person for years. I love um, that. You know, I, I always laughingly say. So you know Betsy, who is mm -hmm. our volunteer, and she's my neighbor. Yeah. <laughs> ah. Yeah. She's okay. Neighbor. And Betsy has a knack, and and she's now training Adina to do the same thing. <laughs> they have an incredible knack for matching people, and I always tell Betsy, I'm afraid that some dating service is going to snap her up because <laughs> her matches last. <laughs> been natural. I mean, it really is uncanny. Um, yep. Just how similar, um, you know, that uh, we, we are, you know, so uh, mm -hmm. Gloria and I'd like to share a picture of her. She said that would be okay. Um, so I have it on my Facebook. So let me just pull that up so I can sure. um, share with people. Um, let's see, it should be up here. Of course, that's not it. <laughs> Give me one second. This is her um, about a year ago when it was nice outside. We sit on her um, benches outside of her building and just hang. Let's see if I can find it. I think it's right here. Oh, here she is. Ah. Uh, so this is Gloria and then my dog Boots. So uh, they were visiting and they were hanging out. Um, but yeah, when the weather's nice, we just go and we sit in front of her building and, you know, sometimes we'll have coffee and bagels and just, you know, catch, catch up on the, on the neighborhood news and we'll see all the other people who come out with their dogs. And uh, I just love it so much, you know, so I certainly miss, miss that time with her. I've heard so many of our volunteers say the same thing. So one of the things our friendly visitor volunteers are all now staying in touch by telephone, which mm -hmm. is not the same as seeing each other face to face, but it's a way of maintaining the relationships. And now we're also accepting new volunteers who would like to connect with someone. And the relationship will start by telephone and eventually, hopefully soon, mm -hmm. they'll become in person. Yeah. I think that's great. Yeah. Well, I'm definitely gonna spread the word to um, some yeah, of my have, friends and colleagues. I think, I think we have about 60 matches like that. Um, we also, I, I just heard a voice on the other end of my, I don't know where that's coming from. Um, we also have volunteers that we use um, to normally to, we call them uh, compa um, com volunteer companions who will help someone get to a doctor and go with them. Because as we all have experienced, sometimes you go to the doctor and you're nervous and you don't hear what the doctor says and having somebody else with you is always very helpful. That's great. So we have appointment companions, um, and some of those appointment companions are now part of our shopping squad. I love that. So I think I've heard many of our volunteers talk about how they thought that they were doing this to give back, but they're getting a lot more than they feel they're giving. 
Oh, absolutely. I can speak to that for sure. Well, and I know, um, you know, in addition to appointments, sometimes I'll, I'm on the mailing list. So if you come in and you get, an, you know, get oriented about how to become, you know, a volunteer in the program, then you can get a list, you know, right. kind of on the list to be sent, you know, so-and-so needs to go to this appointment or so-and-so's got um, tickets to the opera or a play or what, you know, I, I right. remember one one particular woman, she's very um, into the arts and I just love that. It seems like she's always looking for someone to just like go out on the town with and um, uh -huh. that, that just makes me so happy. Well, and you know, there. see, I've been doing this work for a really long time mm -hmm. and instinctively know that connecting with other people is really healthy and positive. But in recent years, there have all been all these scientific studies where a ton of money has been spent to actually prove, there are scientific studies that prove that social isolation is worse for your health than smoking 15 cigarettes a day. Oh, it's think so about impactful. It. That's, I mean. Think about that. And here we are in the midst of this pandemic where even if somebody were able to get out and go for a walk around the block and maybe see neighbors, older people are being advised to stay home and stay behind closed doors. And even a lot of people who've had home attendants who came in to help them are afraid to have someone come in who's going out in the world and what are they bringing back in with oh, them? Oh, exactly. They could be asymptomatic and not even know it. I think that's exactly. the most terrifying part. I mean, and what we worry about too, coming to see family where we are now, you know, I mean, we were hopeful since obviously the DC and Maryland area is starting to open slowly. New York city is starting to open. Um, we actually got the antibody test done a couple of um, days ago in long Island city. And so we tested negative um, for the antibody, which, you know, well, I guess that's not so good. Yeah, exactly. It's almost like you'd prefer to have it, you know, at least right. the antibody. No, you prefer to have had it and not know it. Which exactly. Means symptomatic. Exactly. But and, now, and, yeah. Yeah. So now um, it's all very frightening. And think about, you know, being by yourself and having fragile health. And of course, you know, we can communicate mm -hmm. easily this way. I mean, mm -hmm. I think it was Thursday. I was on seven Zoom calls. Oh, my goodness. Which was more exhausting than a regular day at work. Oh, totally. But, you know, there's so much opportunity through technology to connect, but not for older people, many mm -hmm. of whom do not have the money mm -hmm. or the skills to be able to use technology the way younger people can. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. there, right now, there's actually the city is um, distributing. Um, 75,000 tablets. No, to, I hadn't heard that. Yes, to older people who live in NYCHA housing. Oh, that's so great. Because of that concern about social isolation. It's but, so important. But I mean, that's just a small percentage of the older people in this city. Mm -hmm. And I know, I mean, the, the NYCHA, I mean, you know, Ingersoll, Farragut, um, Walt Whitman, I mean, the NYCHA housing has been hit um, particularly hard. Yep. you know, with COVID and those well, communities. The, you know, the, the vulnerabilities for COVID are people with poor health, people who are older, people who are older with poor health are mm -hmm. in the worst position. And think about the health disparities in our country. 
you know, people who are poor, who have had poor health care throughout their lives. I mean, there's a disproportionate. So Heights and Hills serves, we serve um, six community districts in Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't know if I can rattle them all off. I have it. Um, actually, I'll share the screen. I can show okay. folks where you guys serve. So it's a, an extremely diverse part of Brooklyn. Um, and one of the things that we have seen is poor people and people of color age at an earlier, I, I guess it's not the proper way to say it, but have the complications of aging at a younger age. Mm -hmm. And it's due to you know, poor living conditions, poor access to health, poor access to healthy food. It's all the things that we know. Um, and so these are our clients that are in most need. And a lot but of them we, are also essential workers. Like, I mean, you know, not yes. elderly people, but certainly, you know, some, some yes. of those people in those communities yes. um, so, are on so, the front lines. So our, our clientele are really the most, the most vulnerable of the vulnerable. And that brings me kind of to my next question is, um, you know, what are some issues affecting, you know, the elderly and the older community in Brooklyn that you would like to see addressed? Well, you know, one of the things, uh, one of my board members, um, we, we had a retreat and one of my board members came up with this statement. Let me see if I can remember it correctly, but it so hit the, hit the mark. He said, I'm on the board of an organization that, that is that serves an invisible population that it's an invisible population that none of us care all that much about yet we all want to become one of them that's pretty profound yeah so one of the things that happens as you get older is you become somewhat invisible you know, I mean, I know I have felt it. And interestingly, you know, I didn't always have hair this color. <laughs> um, in fact, uh, I think it was about 10 years ago that I decided to stop coloring my hair. Mm -hmm. And I found people's reactions really interesting. Um, and to, to a certain portion of the population, I did become invisible. Mm -hmm. You know, it says yeah, something yeah. about ageism is the last acceptable ism. Mm -hmm. That's all. It's awful, you know. I mean, because you know, I have just such respect for those people um, who are older than me, right? You know, the elderly who have been through so much, who have gone through so much, you know, who have seen so much. It's like, well, you know, you know I think back to. You know, I'm obviously older than you are and <laughs> have personally lived through, you know, and experienced some major um, disasters. Um, one of them being September 11th. And I was at Heights and Hills. I was wow. actually our offices in those days were in in Brooklyn Heights. We're not in Brooklyn Heights anymore. Mm -hmm. We're in downtown Brooklyn. Um and we were very small in those days, and most of our clients lived in Brooklyn Heights. Many of them 
literally watched the towers fall because they had views. Mm. And our staff, who were all fairly young, were totally traumatized. And that's your mom. I, oh I'm God. sure that's my mom. You don't get it. You get it. <laughs> Wait, in another minute. Yeah, we're good. Um, yeah. One more question. And then we'll one ask. of the things that we found was that our clients were calming us down mm -hmm. and reassuring us that the world won't end. This too shall you know, pass. It, we will get through this. And I think, you know, I, I don't know that anybody who's still living today has lived through a pandemic like this, mm -hmm. but if anybody's got the skills to do it, it's older people who have a lot of a lot of tools in their tool bags from experience. Absolutely. And Netflix wasn't one of them, you know. We are <laughs> no. so we are so fortunate to be able to work from home, to be able to get on meetings on Zoom and you right. know, live stream right. and you know, they had none of that going through the Great Depression and the you know, world wars. I mean my mom tells movie. me my mom tells me that her grandmother died from the flu in yeah. nineteen eighteen. Oh, I can't even. Yeah. And no, no vaccines. I mean, it's just right. a different world, you know, I mean, we'll be so fortunate to have a vaccine. I mean, knock on wood next year. Um, but compared to those times, I can't even imagine. I mean, we are yeah. just so lucky. We don't know how, um, how good we have it. And so the last question I just wanted to ask you is, um, and I'll flash it on the screen is what's the most meaningful part of your job? Well, that's a funny question to ask me at this point in time because I'm actually about to retire. Um, but I, I feel like I am an incredibly lucky person to have had a job for 33 years that I absolutely love. I um, and I think, I think one of the things that, that I really appreciate about working with older people is, and even in times like this, when, you know, the first week, 400 people stepped up and said, what can we do? How can we help? I've been privileged to be able to see how resilient human beings are. That we, we as yes, the news is filled with all sorts of horrible things, but for the most part, people are good-hearted, and resilient and pick up the pieces and keep going. That's great. And people want to help other people. Yep. Yep. I, you know, I, again, I am so lucky to have had a job for 33 plus years that I love. Mm -hmm. That I love. That's so, rare. Yeah. I mean, you would certainly think there are Monday mornings. There are Monday mornings where I go, oh, I don't want to get up. But uh, I have never, never been unhappy with, I mean, I work with an incredible staff. You've met some of them. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. We get to meet incredible people and we get support from the community. I, we get to see the goodness in people. And I think the the world could use a, a lot more of that in yeah. these times. Yeah. You know? So Agreed. can you tell people how they can find you on social media, how they can find um, Heights sure. Hills on social well, media? Very simple. Or if, if people are interested in, in volunteering, go to our website at heightsandhills.org. That's all spelled out. H -E, it's right there on the bottom. Mm -hmm. 
Um, that's our, I don't know what you call it in social media, but that's our, that's our hashtag. That's mm -hmm. our whatever. Um, we're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're occasionally on Twitter because that's me. And <laughs> I don't well, love Twitter. Yeah. Um, but we, uh, we are always looking for volunteers. We are always looking for donations. Um, we are looking for donations. So let me just, I said, we're looking for items to be able to give people during, during this pandemic right now. Um, our center is open. Our center, um, the Park Slope Center for Successful Aging on 7th Avenue and 7th Street is open two days a week right now from 10 to two on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And we are collecting um, you know, packages of disinfecting wipes, um, hand sanitizer, small bottles preferred, masks, either disposable or reusable, and gloves, either disposable or reusable, because we are pushing them out to our, our clients. Great. Well, we will certainly put the comments, um, put that in the comments when we put this video up. I think it's actually going up to YouTube right now, so I'll be sure to add that. Um, but I would just like to thank you so much for coming on and thank you for the work that you do um, and thank just you. such a wonderful organization. So I would highly encourage people to um, just reach out to Heights and Hills. Uh, if you want to volunteer, like Judy said, um, you will get so much more back um, than you could ever imagine. So thank you so much, Judy. Stay safe. And, um, thank you. You too. Be well. Call your mom. All right. Bye-bye. <laughs> I'm going to do that right now. <laughs> okay. Talk soon. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.